Get the best odds on all the big games this March. Download the Circa Sports Iowa app today. Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It is episode 33. Really? Really. All right. Actually, it might be 34. It's either 33 or 34. I was going to give us less. Like it's episode, I mean, granted, I know we got to 20. But I didn't know we have, we've actually made it into the 30s now. Yeah, we did 31 episodes in season one of Football and Random Things. So this is actually season two, 30, episode two. 31 farts. It's a lot of farts. That's a lot of flatulence. It's a lot of farts. Yeah, it's a lot of flatulence. Coming to you, as always, in the Carl Chevrolet studios in Ankeny. Right now at Carl Chevrolet, they are having their Find Your Freedom sales event for the entire month of July. They have great deals on the brand new Silverado. LT, LT crew cabs are up to 15% off for zero to 72 months, and they have over 116 of those available. The Equinox, over 193 available, and great financing plus cash when financed with GM Financial. For Colorado, you can look just like Jeff Woody rolling down the street in your Chevy Colorado, over $4,500 off, and over 95 of those uh, vehicles available. Uh, The brand new Traverse, over $4,300 off for current GM owners, and over 73 available. And then the all-new Chevy Blazer with $2,000 off and over 15 available with more arriving each and every day. That's at Carl Chevrolet in Ankeny and Stewart. Actually, also have some with, the, with the Carl Chevrolet before we get off that uh, before we get off that sponsor. So I went in and took it for a regular routine maintenance, mm-hmm. just getting oil changed, get tires rotated. And I go, I, there's, it sounds like it just, it, there's something, I, I don't know cars. And I was like, it just doesn't sound totally right. Um, could you take a look at that? So for no charge, they went and looked, took apart uh, as they were rotating the tires, they took apart, kind of looked at underneath everything, realized there was a part out for a warranty. They're going to replace it, scheduled it, or scheduled it, them, or scheduled it, and just making sure I was cool with it to get everything replaced for free just on a routine maintenance just because I like casually asked for it. So I get the entire thing replaced for no cost. I'm going to next Wednesday. So service department at Carl Chevrolet. It's very nice. Very good, very quick, very prompt. So just another plug. That might be the best ad you have ever done. We that's had a, a sponsor for I don't even know how long. That's a pretty low and bar. We, and, and Chris asked me at one point, he said, hey, can you, can you pull it out? like something that we can send to them that you and Jeff have done on the podcast. And I listened to like 15 episodes of our podcast. Don't judge me. You have, you just, you, you just did better than I I give you props, Jeff. You're you're growing up. I'm uh, it just took all of season one. It took all of season one. Well, in what three years of doing CFTV, (laughs) I always just leave the professional stuff to you, and then I just be a jackass in the corner. So I'm just starting to step up to the plate of being moderately professional. Well, I really appreciate it. Thanks. The quality of this podcast apparently is going to go up exponentially. Uh, I also will say, today, uh, Wednesday, July 17th, 2019, we released our new Cyclone Fanatic shirts, headlined by our new pocket tees. Mm. You like pocket tees, Jeff? Uh, I like V-neck pocket tees. You know why I like pocket tees? Why? You're wearing a V-neck today. I am. I think you look better in a V-neck than most people probably would. Well, I, I feel like you I should just, wear a deep V. The deep V is weird. The deep V is weird. I, I, had, a, I had a deep You'd V. You'd have to shave your chest more for a deep no, V, No, because it, it's not an excessive amount of, of chest bush, but I do uh, have some. That's the thing you just said. Yep. I do have some, and it's, uh, I feel like it's ple- a pleasant amount. Okay. Like for what I would assume, it's not offensive to most people. 
I could go with the deep V, but I just feel like that's a weird tan line. Yeah, okay. Uh, we have new Cyclone Fanatic Pocket Tees. Uh, Whatever well professionalism the, I had. As well as the Prove, it, the Prove It Tour 2019 Iowa State football season t-shirt. There's a slick black shirt with the white Cyclone Fanatic logo. You can find those at teamcloset.com slash Cyclone Fanatic. You really, yeah, you built up some goodwill and then you just... You I'm, just threw it away. I'm what they call distracting, Jared. Yeah, really? <laughs> wow, thanks. All right, so we got to do two podcasts today. Two podcasts today. Two podcasts yeah, today. Yeah, two podcasts today. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Uh, first, we're going to do, are we doing pass catchers and linebackers? Is that uh, what we decided? I th- go on uh, pass catchers, linebackers, and then backs and backs yeah that's what the second one will be so what so we're doing pass catchers and linebackers first right? sure okay pass catchers and linebackers first do you want to do pass catchers or linebackers first let's uh let's go pass catchers first i'm trying to pull up the depth chart i have it right here okay well i also want to see it it's on cyclone football twitter got it oh yeah you're not on twitter i'm not on the twitter i got it though because spears sent it to me oh there you go so, thanks spears Shout out Zach Spears. Thanks to thanks to Zach Spears. All right, do we want to start with uh, tight ends or tight ends aren't very exciting. We already they, we already know what we're gonna get from the tight ends. They're exciting in the sense that that they're uh, very good. Dylan Saner is listed not as a tight end, and so I think that's the as far as tight ends are concerned, is he's listed specifically as an as the fullback. Which again, let's look. So let's look at the numbers. Six foot seven, two hundred and seventy, playing yep. fullback. So that position is going to change, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, that position is going to change from what Sam Seenbuckner did, because Sam Seenbuckner was a really good blocker. He was physical as shit. But what he did was almost exclusively in a supporting role. He was never going to be a, uh, a guy that was going to get out in a route. Very, and, and if he did, I think it happened, what, once? In, like Kansas, in Kansas State? Is it, was he that scored it? a touchdown. But that was the only reason they could do this because it's week 11. It's never happened before. Yeah. The defense can essentially go like, if he ever gets into a route, don't even cover him. Not worth it. So they now they have a threat who has been trained as a tight end for at least years that now is going to be able to, in addition to being 6'7", 270 and being able to move people, is going to be able to get out in routes, which is going to keep the box honest a lot more than Scene Buckner did, which is not necessarily saying that um, Scene Buckner was bad because obviously he's super physical and that, that's why he was pl- starter for what, three years, two years? Yeah, three years. And so that's why he's a, he was a starter for that many games. So he's good. It's definitely good. It's just a different style offense now that you right. can employ, which I think is helpful when you have, uh, when you don't have David Montgomery because David Montgomery, even if Sam Scene Buckner was a receiving threat, the defense knows you know what? He's probably getting the ball. And so they can still pack the box in even if, you know, just because they need to stack it for David Montgomery. Well, now they, they don't have a Montgomery. They have uh, like by committee, you add all five of these dudes that are on the depth chart together Mm -hmm. and you kind of get David Montgomery. And so they have to, they have the capacity not to keep people honest because if it's, let's say second and four, the run threat is just as real as a pass threat. Or whereas so a lot of times it would be like, all right, well, their best option right now is 32. Get, they're going to give it to 32. And they have to be much more intentional with a tight end that can actually get out. Then you have to, you have to keep the linebackers honest and wide because that's where most of your routes are going to be is towards a flat area. So I think 
the tight ends we know with Allen and Kolar, which I like that Allen is listed as the starter um, because I think he probably has earned it. Well, they are technically listed with an or. But he's listed as the, the first line okay. in there. And the, if it's an or, it's, there's, a, there's a reason why they list somebody on top versus somebody as an or. Oh, uh, okay. Um, but they, uh, with, like I said, this, this group of three, I think this, the, the story is that Saner is playing fullback um, and just the, the amount of crazy fun formations that they're going to be able to do with those three. I think one thing that's interesting to me about having Saner at that fullback position is even if you don't send him out on a route, at 6'7", 270. 270, you're essentially with another offensive lineman in the backfield. Well, and I think the other thing that I really like, again, about Al, it's, it's an or, but so, so it's a very close. They're going to play yeah. similar m- amounts of snaps, but Allen is a different player than Kolar. Kolar is not a guy that's going to Wait, get... Wait, did I say Kolar or Saner? I meant Saner. You said Saner. Yeah, I okay. was giving the or with Allen and okay. Kolar. Um, so with Allen and Kolar, um, Allen is a significantly better blocker um, uh-huh. And I think Kolar is a slightly better route runner. And so when you do have the the front or the formation when it's an attached tight end plus a wing or an attached tight end plus an out tight end, the out tight end is always going to be Kolar, almost always going to be Kolar. And the attached tight end is going to be Allen. So when you have the way it looks like it's being listed is sort of like what we talked about or hypothesized coming out of last season, which is Allen is your guy is the most flexible. He's the most balanced of all of your players. Yeah. He's got the, he's a good pass catcher. He's probably your best blocker and he's physical enough to be, to kind of, even if he's not being the, the dominant pass catcher to kind of bang around with linebackers to, to free up other, everyone else. And then Kolar being listed as the and, or excuse me, as the or, is your best wide receiver, is going to be the one that if you split out, if there is someone lined up in a slot, or even as a, a Y on the ball, way away from the ball, like as the, the Hakeem Butler-ish, where it's big target away from the ball, then that's going to be probably Charlie Kolar, even though Allen can do that. And then Saner being listed as the fullback is going to be your predominantly mess people up guy. And so with, if there's going to be a formation that's two tight ends, that's a wing and a down tight end, is the down tight end's probably Allen, and then the wing is probably going to be Saner. Well, that means you have, even though Saint, Allen's listed at 245, the dude is, uh, again, of all three of them, is probably your best blocker. Yeah. And so you have your best tight end blocker plus a six foot seven, 270-pound guy that are outside your tight end, or excuse me, outside your tackle. So your, your capacity to run to run the ball in physical situations when you need to get three feet is a big, it's, it, it should take a big jump this year in the capacity to block that because of what you're talking about is six seven two seventy in the box. Like, that's dirty. I like, too, the, the idea of maybe being able to do something like a, where Brock takes a snap and he kind of rolls out and you got Saner out there in front of him. Mm-hmm. And it's like if there's a certain read where Saner could even kind of release and you could just throw him a little pop pass and he's like a six seven guy or there's even where he could just become a lead blocker and Brock just runs. Mm-hmm. And it's like the versatility he has with his being able to catch passes and being able to block and just being a good runner yeah. in general, the number of different, you know, kinds of... The amount of stuff you can do with this group of three dudes is amazing. Yeah. And I that, again, I think we've talked about... Um, with Mon- it was with Montgomery last year with his ability to be a pass catcher that you could put him out as a slot receiver 
and put him in the backfield, and he can do everything. Well, this is just the big dude version of that. Yeah. And you got three of them, and they're all pretty solid players. If I had to uh, – preseason, if I had to rank them as – what their Madden rating would be, I would say their Madden rating would be probably Allen's your highest, Kolar's probably your second highest, and Saner's your third highest. But those guys, those three of them, are probably towards the top of your roster. They just happen to play the same position. Yeah. They're, they're all really good, slightly different, but really versatile. And I think, again, to, to rehash what we talked about every single time we bring up the tight ends, one of my favorite parts of being a no-huddle offense is being able to be a fast no-huddle offense with the same people in a completely different set from first down to second down to third down. And so you could be four wide on first down. Let's say you've got all three of those guys in, which may not happen on the start of a drive, but say you've got all three of those guys in and you have three wide receivers and an attached tight end or a, a wing tight end. Well, your wing tight end is probably Saner and your two slot guys are probably tight end, tight end. And then your receivers are Deshante Jones and Tariq Milton, who just are probably playing as your one receivers. And then second down, you come into 20 personnel or, or what I'm assuming it's going to be 20 personnel now uh-huh. with Saner being a back technically. So he counts as a back. So 20 personnel, meaning now you have a, a, a guy, Saner standing next to the quarterback, running backs in the backfield and pistol. And you have trips with, you know, somebody, whatever, like you, or you have two receivers on one side and the other, and both tight ends are to one side. Then you come back in, it's third and one. You bring everybody back in. You have two attached tight ends and a fullback and you run downhill and you didn't swap any people. You didn't change any personnel and you went from a spread to a wider spread or spread to a split to a power eye and the same people did the exact same thing and they're all capable of doing it. So that's the type of flexibility that Oklahoma has done for forever. Cause you have a guy like Trey flowers. Yeah. That is a tight end and a fullback at the same time. Or what's his name? That Calcaterra guy. Yeah. And so you have, that's the, that they recruit that position and I think they just call him an H. And so they recruit that position so he can be a tight end. And then they go when they really want to go fast, because Oklahoma can go really fast when they want to go really fast. They just bring him back in as a fullback and the next snap he's out as a tight end. And so the capacity to do that with three dudes now is the same thing you're catching up or passing other people in the league with your diversity and skill set. The tight ends group of all groups on the field, I think is the best. I think everybody in, in from top to bottom, I think is the best position group on the Iowa State roster, followed by the defensive line. Okay, let's move to the receivers. This is an interesting bunch. Yeah, this is an interesting bunch. Uh, I don't think the M receiver came as much of a surprise with Dashante there as a starter. Landon Akers is the two yep he was not at the m spot last year Tariq was at second m but obviously Tariq played a lot anyway i don't know i mean i'd i would guess that deshante is going to play that position just I'd, about every snap i'm so. going to guess that deshante plays every snap yeah i don't know because i think m is their third receiver yeah it's like their, slot, their guy. slot guy basically like what trevor ryan played that one year right and so i think that he is technically their third receiver which would, in theory, again, let's say we have these three tight ends that you want to play. When the tight ends come in, generally speaking, that guy's going to rotate out. Deshante probably won't. He'll probably switch. So you look at, like, Sean Shaw as the Z. Yeah. Shaw is going to be your first guy off the field. And Deshante or Milton. Deshante will probably bump in situations when it's – so, like, to give a little mini background on the receiver positions, if you're looking at this depth chart, generally speaking, what those numbers or what those letters mean – X receiver is your guy. That was what Butler played. That's the this prototypical guy is your Hakeem Butler. It's your mo, it's your 
guy that's consistently the farthest away from the ball. He is on the ball. He is the one that's going to be running the most vertical routes. Yeah. That's your X receiver. Your Z receiver is like 70% of an X receiver and 30% of a slot receiver. So he's also generally speaking going to be away from the, the farthest one on the other side away from the ball. I think of that being like uh, Marky Murdoch. Yeah. Yep, or uh, like Josh Lenz, I think, played Z. And okay. so it's, it's a position that can be a big guy or a small guy. It doesn't really matter as much um, in most sets. But that's the Z receiver is the one that's X is, let's say, X is all the way on the left. This was last year, it was Eaton played Z. And so uh, Butler played X. So you have Butler on one side, or you have somebody, X receiver, far on the ball on the one side. The Z receiver is the far guy on the other side. And your slot receiver then or the m position just goes usually is going to be to the side of the z if i remember correctly but they, he can float around wherever he wants to that's going to be your interior receiver in most positions in most offenses when you then switch out personnel so let's say you wanted to go to a two back set and you're going to run in johnny lang and sheldon crony at the same time usually sheldon crony will come in and substitute the m the, the slot your slot receiver and your slot receiver goes out and your X and Z stay. Those guys are going to play more snaps. But because of the skill level of Deshante Jones, I think Deshante Jones, when they do decide to run in, let's say they're in one tight end and three receivers and one running back. So they're in 11 personnel. And they want to get to 12 personnel, meaning one running back and two tight ends. They run in Charlie Kolar. I think Charlie Kolar will probably substitute out Shaw and Deshante will then bump out to play Z and then... Kolar will come in and play what the equivalent of what that M position is. Uh-huh. So Jones capacity, he's a, he's a sharp dude. He went down to media days, right? Yeah. I'm assuming he's going to be a captain. That's my guess. Yeah. Um, and so his ability to be just experienced, confident, knowledgeable of offensive positions, he's probably going to be on the field 70 to 80% of the snaps. I would be shocked if he's not. So his, the depth chart here is, Shaw may be listed as the starter on Z, but Deshante will probably end up playing 30% of his snaps at Z. I did think it was interesting to see two guys who have really been in the program for basically a month in that Darren Wilson, who is a junior college kid, that Matt Campbell said down at Media Days might be the fastest wide receiver on the team, uh, and then the Michael Petway at the Z. See both of them on there before they've ever really done anything Mm-hmm. football related mm-hmm. and so this is they feel good about those two guys i think yeah and so let's to take it back to to run that back a little bit where are those guys playing at the x x and z right yeah so we talked about the speed guys well yeah you, you were talking about with Tariq. it's like Tariq's he's, 510, Tariq's 510 but the reason why he's okay with it so like there most of the time your x receiver is going to be your brandon marshall uh-huh. he's your big guy he is your vertical threat not because of his not always because of speed, but if you can get a big guy who's fast, there's your stud. You're, you're Des Bryant. But, you're Hakeem Butler. Yeah, you're Hakeem Butler. But you, in like um, Deshaun Jackson is also an X receiver because he's so damn fast that the vertical threat is different. It's that you have to put your corner on an island against someone because they're so far away from the ball that you want your best one-on-one matchup who can run someone off the ball the farthest that in addition to being a great one-on-one matchup makes the safety have to think. And that if, okay, we're playing a cover two, just a basic cover two defense, all of a sudden there is a, a guy that is really far away from the ball 
and everybody else, so 10 other dudes are inside of this guy, but I have to be, as a safety, aware of where this guy is. So he has to drop wider just to affect, make sure that this X receiver doesn't get the ball, even if he is you know, not the number one option, which opens everything up for everybody else. So that one guy, in essence, with his speed and his athleticism, which is what Butler did last year, takes two guys' eyeballs and pulls them away from the rest of the play. So it makes sense that Tariq Milton, because the dude's stupid fast, it makes sense that Milton would be playing, like is capable of playing X, even though it's probably not a natural position for his body type. I think he's a good route runner too. Yeah, he is, and he's also super, super reliable yeah. with his hands. Yeah. Which if you're gonna get an X receiver, a lot of times that deep, the, the, I would say the only thing that Butler struggled with was that consistent catch in traffic that hits him in the chest because he's looking to do something with it before he got it. Milton doesn't usually have that. Tariq's going to be, generally speaking, really reliable with that like deep 14-yard dig behind the linebackers. Like that type of thing he's really good at. So I think, I think your best players, <clears throat> and I obviously haven't seen those two, Wilson and Petway, I haven't seen them... Um, do anything yet so I can't say if they're in there but I think your best two receivers are Jones and Milton by a pretty good margin yeah I would imagine we'll see a combination of all eight of these guys at different times though I think guys like Jalen Martin and Skates are probably not going to play a ton like let's say there's 70 offensive snaps oh I bet Skates will play a little bit I know they like him a lot but let's say yes oh yeah yeah sir. but you meant you know Shaw Shaw, well, Shaw, I even still, like, let's say, but let's, okay, let's go this. So 70 offensive snaps. Yeah. At, and let's say there are, of those, 200 wide receiver snaps because you have three at a time and sometimes two at a time. So there's 200 wide receiver snaps. I bet Milton and Jones each get probably 70 of those or 60 of those. So probably 60 of those. They're going to be playing most of them. So 60 of those, 120 of the wide receiver 200 snaps are going to go to Milton and Jones. The other 80 are going to get split amongst everybody else. Uh -huh. And so then let's say in that 80, Shaw, because he's listed as the starter, again, at this point, which I, I would think if Petway is as good as what you would expect him to, that's going to be the competition there. Um, let's say the guy who's starting at Z, whether that's Shaw or Petway, is going to get, say, 40 of those snaps. So now you're left with about 40 snaps to scatter amongst the rest of people. So you're going to see combinations of them, but they're not going to be a ton of combinations. Yeah. You're likely going to see Milton, Jones, and whoever the starter is at Z the most together every once in a while pepper somebody else in. Well, I mean, yeah, that's what you would prefer is to have your best guys on the field at the same time. But... I just think about like where, I mean, they were using Josh Johnson and stuff a little bit last year. Mm -hmm. It's like throw somebody out there sometimes in a game that maybe isn't close, Northern Iowa or something, you know. Well, they're, I, 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 they're still going to get good, meaningful snaps. Yeah. Because I think this is, this is a position or a position group that is really good, actually. They're yeah. just really young. Just young. I mean, other yeah. than Deshante, who's a senior, you have junior, sophomore, freshman, sophomore, freshman, junior. Petway's a transfer senior, so he hasn't really played. Yeah. So you have two seniors and like seven sophomores or jun jun excuse me, juniors or younger. So they're all really young. They're and everybody really, behind them is even is is for, is young too. They're really talented. Yeah. Really, really talented. They're just really young. Yeah. And I think the the young part. So when it comes to a position that you're going to get hit a lot more, which is closer to the ball, linemen, running backs, linebacker stuff, the youth comes in in 
not understanding where your body needs to be in relation to reducing the amount of contact you need to take. When you're in a position like a secondary position or um, uh, a wide receiver position, and you're far away from the ball, it comes more in my mind of like acting, like hitting your spot at the right time, is you need to be where you are at the right time, and then once you're there, then you get to go do what you want with it. Because young guys, once I catch the ball, I'm just going back to playing backyard football. I've done the yeah. same thing since I was 10. But getting to my spot at the right time, building up the stem of my route to get a guy where I want him to so I can cut, like that's the kind of stuff that comes with experience and coaching. Yeah. And the young guys don't have that so much yet. That's actually an, an interesting way to put that because last year at Media Day, I asked Brian Gasser about Joe Skates. And he told me that if they were just going to play backyard football, it was 11 on 11, just in the yard. Yep. And he said, all right, guys, pick your position. Let's go play. He's like, he'd probably be the best player out here. Yeah. It, and it's he's, just, like, he's that big of a freak. He's like, mm-hmm. but he just doesn't know what he's doing yet. Right. And that's, it's, uh, it's that sort of, again, we, I go back cause I think it's just a really good metaphor cause people get it as they've done it. This is old man basketball is the guy that, you know, it, the, the three point shooter that knows how much space he exactly needs to get himself a good shot. He doesn't need to run 700 miles an hour off two screens to get his wide-ass open shot. He knows he just needs just enough space. And so he's going to do just enough work to get himself just enough space to conserve that energy for later. That's kind of as a receiver. You, do, you need to know where you're going to do your work to get the right amount of stuff because you've got to do a lot of snaps in a row. So being efficient with your movements, being accurate, being on time, that's, I think, that is where the youth will come through. But, again, th- these guys are stupid talented, but I would guess – Milton Jones and then, or Milton and Jones are going to take the lion's share of the receiver snaps because of the tight ends that they're more often than, more often than seeing a Z on the field, I think you're going to see two or three tight ends on the field at any given time. So I think you're going to see Saner, or it's not Saner, um, Allen, Kolar, Jones, Milton, running back. I think that's probably one of, that's probably your bigger consistent offensive formation. All right, ready to talk about linebackers? Sure. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Football and random things on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Hey, guys, it's Williams. We'll get you back to your podcast here momentarily, but it's wanted to talk to you about eye care, of course, today. And my friends at Ames and Des Moines Eye Care, they meet your whole family's vision needs, and they did that to me about a year ago where I got in and had my first eye exam since my childhood. Dr. Kruger was like, what are you doing, man? You got to come in and get your eyes checked more often. And I'm glad that I did. They found some stuff. They got me these designer glasses that I wear when I work now, when I'm creating content for you at psychbonefanatic.com. It has decreased my headaches incredibly. Uh, It's been fantastic. I I didn't even know half the stuff that Dr. Kruger was telling me about. And I'm assuming if you're a middle-aged guy like me, you're probably in the same boat. Get in there to Ames and Des Moines Eye Care. Personalized eye care, designer eyewear. They've got same day, same week appointments, and they are really good people. And they help support us here at CycloneFanatic.com, the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. It's Ames and Des Moines Eye Care. Welcome back to Football and Random Things. I want to remind everybody July 25th through the 27th about Guthrie River Ruckus in Guthrie Center where you can see Kit Moore, 
I know Jeff's excited about Diamond Rio. Don't start singing again. I might. Chris Kegel, Mitchell Tenpenny, and a whole lot more out there at Guthrie Center. You can get tickets at GuthrieRiverRuckus.com. If you use promo code Cyclones at checkout, you'll get $15 off your tickets. Have you got your tickets yet, Jeff? I've told you. I'm going to visit my oh, crap. Yeah, super pregnant cousin in Chicago. She wouldn't even notice if you're not there. <laughs> She won't, whatever. I already told my aunt that I was going, and then I'd be like, hey, sorry, I got the Guthrie River Ruckus to go to, and while she would appreciate it, she would be disappointed. Just say, hey, I'm, I'm seeing Diamond Rio. I'm sorry. And then sing some Diamond Rio for her. Maybe I'm amazed by you. It's the slow dance in every 2005 prom. All right, well, want to talk about some linebackers? Maybe when your eyes meet, feeling inside me. Half of my day is just trying to make Jared feel uncomfortable. Well, yesterday I was laughing because you were texting me the thong <laughs> song. That was kind of, that was funny. <laughs> okay, so to backfill this, uh, my brain works in just completely random fashions, if you can't tell. And uh, we were having just a like one of those conversations where you're trying to just say the just ridiculous crap back and forth to each other that is so like it's just basically every conversation we have pretty much um and anyway so i for whatever reason i was thinking like what's the weirdest thing that i could say right now and it was something to do with cisco's the thong song and which naturally that's what comes into my brain is cisco and i've i why not i've had this for a while and no one's realized it because the song is so damn catchy that is the worst in the worst compliments of all time in the history of any song in the chorus, or the pre-chorus, it goes, thighs like what, 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 dumps like a truck, truck, truck. Okay, we're talking about thongs here, and you just said the phrase, dumps like a truck. What are you talking about? A butt. A butt dumps like a truck? Really? That's what you're going to hit on a woman with? But that thing dumps like a truck. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anyone has really ever accused Cisco of being, like, a lyrical genius. I just think that, that uh, if you're a singer... You'd think that they're smooth at some point, but like, hey girl. I'll I think you're giving Cisco a little too much credit there. But that dumps like a truck. It's like, it reminds me of the house bunny. Like when she's trying to hit on the guys at the pool table and she's like, hey, I got a log to drop off. <laughs> like that, that's the same thing. Okay. Well, the Iowa State linebackers. Dumps like a truck. Uh, I don't even know how to try and transition that. <laughs> Hard jump stop. That's how you transition out of it. Yeah. Iowa State linebackers. <laughs> uh, not many surprises. At There's the a position. little surprise. Well. It's a little surprise. Yeah. I mean, I guess Will McDonald being listed as the uh, full starter at yep. the Will linebacker spot. Or wait, the Sam. He's at the Sam, right? Sam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the Sam linebacker spot. Uh, Chandler Pulvermacher and one of the great names in college football listed as the backup. As it's just a, that's a situational name. Like as a linebacker, you, yeah. Pulvermacher. You can't look at that name and be like, yeah, you're gonna be a punter, bro. Yep. You're that you're in the box regardless. Doesn't matter what you're doing, you're in the box. By the one, by the way, you heard about punter one, out for the season, right? What? Yeah, Corey Dunn out for the season. What do you do? Blew his Achilles. Well, shit. <sighs> well, there goes that. I mean, I'll be back next year. Right, but this year. Yeah, we got. You know, we got Joe Rivera. Got uh, they got a graduate transfer from Sandy or from San Jose State. I'm not going to attempt to say his name though. It's like Par Parpesian or Parpesian, something like know. that. I don't know. Parpesian. 
Anyway. Papizian. I don't know. But, yeah. Linebackers. Linebackers, yeah. Will McDonald at the same spot. I'm really pumped about this. Really pumped about this because um, also the defensive depth chart for Iowa State is such just a dick move by the staff because it's not that. They play a 3-3-5. This is listed as a 4-3-4, which is granted you're, you're saying if we are going to play five defensive backs, this is who we'd play. If we're going to play three linebackers, this is who we're going to play. If we're going to play four defensive linemen, this is who we're going to play. But they're not going to play four defensive linemen. They're going to play three. And if we're going to play three defensive linemen, that means you're probably going to play three linebackers. If you're going to play three linebackers, you've got to play five defensive backs. Okay, well, let's look at who's, who those people are then. So three, three, five. Three, you're going to have Bailey, Lima, Iwazurike, Johnson, Robertson, Lee are going to rotate on the inside. Peterson, Leo are going to rotate on the outside. Linebackers are Spears, Rose, and then saying that because McDonald is listed as the Sam, McDonald is going to be your Sam linebacker. The Sam linebacker this year, I think, is going to be a demonstrably different position than what they've had because last year that was Willie Harvey. Willie Harvey is really good in coverage. Will McDonald is a converted defensive end. Will McDonald is probably not that good in coverage, but Will McDonald is a defensive end. So I think they're going to be a, like, if they're going to be aggressive, it's going to be, hey, you, super athletic dude, let's give you some space and have you go do something. And I think that's the position they're going to try and put Will McDonald in. If you guys have the chance when football season actually does start kicking off and if McDonald still retains that position, just take a series and just watch him. Because... I've only I've I've only watched a few practices where he's been at linebacker, but that dude is an absolute physical monster. One of my favorite tidbits of all time was from Bruce Feldman's annual freak rankings, mm-hmm. where he does the top 50 freaks in college football. Uh, Will McDonald's like number 41, and in there he noted that Will won the big class uh, disc- like discus title mm-hmm. in Wisconsin, wearing a pair of Converse All Stars. That's awesome. Yeah. Not discus shoes. No. Like, while most people are wearing, like, $150 discus shoes, Will walked out there in a pair of, like, $40 Converse All-Stars off of East Bay. And just slung it. Yeah. Slung it, like, 180 feet. The dude, he's an, he is explosive. He's a guy that, at his size, I mean, he's not little. He's 6'4", 230. He's not little. But he gets to his top speed incredibly quickly, and with his length... He's going to be a problem. I think his, if they're going to switch somebody out, I think uh, looking at this list, Hummel is listed as a will linebacker behind Spears. Uh-huh. He'll probably give Spears a breather when Marcel does, when they do want to switch him out. But I also think that he will switch into Sam in situations when they need more of a play back position yeah. with their linebackers. Because I think of these guys, um, Hummel and Vance are both really smart dudes. Um, as, especially when it comes to knowing where they're supposed to be. And I think McDonald, because he's only played linebacker now for like five months, is going to be a little bit more unsure of where he's supposed to be in pass zones or in man coverage and stuff like that. Um, although a freak athlete he may be, it's, again, being in the right spot. Will seems like the kind of guy that, like, he wasn't even on the track team. And then one day someone left the discus sitting outside. And he goes, oh, what's and, this? And he, yeah, he just happened to pick it up. And the track coach, it's like a movie, track coach was watching out the window and he saw Will pick it up and hold it and he immediately knew exactly how to throw it and threw it 
almost 200 feet I, just within like the first two seconds of holding a discus. I would believe that. Yeah. The, uh, he is. He it's is like he of, watched someone do it and he's like, okay, I know how to do this. He's a different kind of athlete. Yeah. Like there's, you know, there's, there's those good athletes in your high school. They're like, man, he's going to be an all district player. And you're like, he's just more athletic than everybody in the field. And then there's the guys that make those guys look like absolute turds. And they play Division One. And then the guys that make those guys look like turds, that's the Will McDonald's. Yeah. Where when you're watching, when you're doing conditioning drills or you're doing whatever sprint starts and you're like, how, the, how are you doing that? That's the, kind of, that's the kind of athlete that Will McDonald is. And so being able to tap into that and let him just go like yeah pull the chains off don't think you don't have to know exactly what you're doing in this responsibility just go do this one job so i think he's going to struggle a little bit again in the things that require linebacker experience like joel did his first few games joel was not good his first few games because he didn't know where he's supposed to be because of five inches if you're five inches left or five inches right in the box, it's a big difference. If in outside, you have a little bit more freedom, especially being a freak athlete, but if you're a yard in or a yard out and you're playing against a, you know, a guy that has an accurate arm, you're a, a, what would be a, a PB, excuse me, a PBU turns into a 12 yard game. Like that kind of thing, little differences make a lot of, or little changes make a lot of difference. So that's the stuff he's gonna struggle with, but the stuff that is just get him in a position that he's comfortable and just let him go be a freak athlete, that's gonna be really, really cool. And he's a freshman, so like. I just can't wait to see John Haycock come out there and unleash the dogs on the on the man, Panthers. It's gonna be so much fun. I just think about back to three, four years ago when you and I's offensive line would almost be bigger than Iowa State's defensive line or you know, vice versa. Mm -hmm. And now it's like. It's not the case you, anymore. Yeah, you, you look at this group of dudes, and it's uh, that's uh, yeah. The, the, like I said, those are some dogs. Mm -hmm. We need to play Baja men when uh, when they get a sack or Cisco. No, the, Cisco doesn't have any song about dogs. No, we need to play some DMX every time Jaquan Bailey gets a sack. I, think I, I want I want DMX. Yeah, yeah. Or like when it's third and ten. Yeah, when yeah. it's third and ten, we got to play some DMX I'm in the stadium. Because. Middle-aged white people love DMX. I mean, Chris Williams does. Yeah, middle-aged white people love DMX. It's uh, exactly his target demographic. <laughs> That's who he set out writing his music for. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, I, this linebacker group is really solid. And also the other thing to note, if we're looking at depth chart, and granted, depth charts aren't exactly accurate, but Mike Rose is a true sophomore, meaning he's, what, 20? Yeah, probably. 6'3", 240. Yeah. He was maybe 220 last year, 225. I don't know exactly what he was listed at, but he was, probably, he was skinny-ish last year. He's a thick SOB this year. Like, he has definitely put on mass. Yeah, and, he's a big dude. And now he's playing, he's playing Mike Linebacker. He's familiar with it. He has had a year under his belt. Rose is going to be a problem for most people because he's smart, too. I guess Imagine Spears, three Spears more, is also really sharp. Three more years of... Mike Rose and Will McDonald together. And Jake Hummel. Uh, I'm not too Vance. sure we're going to get three more years of Will. Well, maybe, yeah. Three more years of Will McDonald, but. Man. Let's hope so. You got, there's a lot of high-level athletes in here. Yeah. I think Spears is the one guy. He's really quick and athletic, but Spears gets his, the job done mentally more than he does physically. Where a guy like Rose or Hummel, 6'1", 228, and he looks like a statue. Or Orion Vance, 6'1", 230. 
hits like a truck. Mm-hmm. Will McDonald, we've already talked about him being a freak. Like Chandler Pulvermacher is a redshirt freshman, 6'2", 225. Like they're just, they're big physical humans. But I think, yeah, I think Marcel of all those guys is just, might be the, is probably the smartest of yeah. all the linebackers. And he just knows where he needs to be, which he can get away with being 218 in the box because he knows how to avoid hits. And as I avoid getting a full, you know, the full brunt of a guard to his chin when he can take an angle or take, you know, just get where he needs to go. So I don't know. This linebacker group is pretty solid too. I, I think people have talked, um, and I think probably people are feeling it just because Iowa State, the, the nut cup is always there. Yeah. No, no matter who you are. And so we've, you've heard for so long that like, oh, this team's going to be really good. And I'm the guy that is generally speaking going to be tempering expectations. Like, they're going to be good. But You're they, pissing the Cheerios guy. They also have to go out and win. However, this defense, I have very little question that this defense is going to be very good. Yeah. The offense I, is the thing that's going to be – I think they're going to be at worst average. I think at best they have the chance to be really good. I think that's where the side – that's the side of the ball that has the bigger question for mm-hmm. me is offensively. And, but defensively, with this group of linebackers, this group of defensive linemen, we'll get to this, the secondary uh, in the next episode. The secondary is of the three position groups the weakest, but they're still also really, really good. But this linebacker crew is so athletic and so deep, and I think one of the nice things that we saw last year and that we saw the year before, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. I tried to cover my mic. Gesundheit. Um, but anyway, so the, we saw last year is they're comfortable rotating when you have depth. And I think McDonald is going to be a starter, but he's going to be probably more positional until he gets comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. But guys like Hummel, guys like Vance, guys like Pulvermacher, they're going to play because we see them rotate in. Yeah, you got to play a guy named Pulvermacher. It's just a... Chamber Pulvermacher. You don't recruit that guy not to put him on the football field. You can say his mouth or his his name through a clenched teeth really well. Chamber Pulvermacher. (laughs) He sounds like like a Bond villain. Not necessarily, I don't think he's necessarily a Bond villain. I think he's the Odessa Permian. You know, it's like the guy that's on the other side. Oh, it's the, yeah. It's the town stud from the other team that's going to end up. From well, uh, what's it called? Uh, it's uh, Midland. Yeah, but Midland. Yeah, Midland they, Lee. They got a, it's like the, the other team has the stud. Well, he's already got a commitment to Alabama. That Chandler Pulvermacher is a damn good player. But we're, we're going to beat him with grit. And heart. Then they just send a send their six four, three hundred twenty pound left guard uh, that's actually like thirty five years old in the movie. <laughs> they send him at him uh, it, what it looks like fifty times over and over and over and over and over again during the game. And Booby Miles continues to just run the same play, and Polvermacher just gets plowed over over and over. Actually, no, he makes one big play early in the game and, and, then, and gets a little, real, a little too hyped up. And, and then they, they say, we don't want to see him make another tackle this entire game. But that, they don't say it to everybody. He takes, the coach takes the guard by the face mask and brings him three inches from his face and yeah. they pan center to that. And they say, I want you to make sure that Pulvermacher kid doesn't make a single play. And he goes, yes, coach. And then runs back out on the field. And then Booby Miles in the huddle when they take 75 seconds. They're, it's yeah. way a delay of game. Like, they have a full conversation in the huddle. Like, you know, no, there's no perspective on that, but they have a conversation. Somebody's got to block that guy. Hey, I need you guys to block that guy. I love all y'all. 
that kind of thing. That's that, that conversation that happens. Yeah. And then they discuss like what their plans are afterwards. And hey, man, you're going to, you know, whatever, go to Stacy's house afterwards and stuff, that whole conversation. And the referee doesn't throw a delay of game. Even though the the time the play clock has gone has expired four or five times, yeah, in that conversation, or the quarterback says, uh, "Hey, let him through, let yeah. him through. I got Ooh, him." Because the quarterback's the real tough one. Yep. And then the quarterback just dives straight into his knees in like the most egregiously dirty play of all time. And then, stares but everybody at him. thinks it's awesome because but it's uh, the heroes are the ones doing it. Because, but then stares at him on the ground, and the guy just stops. Yeah. And then the guy on the ground just stops, and he has enough time to stare at him and come back up and then throw. Yeah. It's like in Remember the Titans when uh, yep. Sunshine flips him over his back. And then he stares at him. Yeah. I, well, no, he'd already thrown the football, though, before that one. Yep. He threw it and then, like, dipped down. And I don't really think that that's how, like, motion works. But, you know, that guy had to have been really big. He would have been, like, a 6'7", dude. <laughs> and or just sunshine. was, and was standing sunshine. straight up and down. Or Sunshine's 5'7". Yeah, I guess that's possible, too. There's a lot of parts of that movie that I think are a little bit unrealistic. Uh, the football scenes are not great in Remember the Titans. The movie is wonderful. I One of my favorites. I love that the football the, seasons are real, real it's, bad. It's like the last play takes, like, 45 seconds. <laughs> It's the longest play in the history of football. It's it's longer than the Cal, uh, the Cal, <laughs> the Cal Stanford fan. play, and they and it, they just run like a normal play. Yeah, isn't it like an option or something? He throws it, doesn't it? Because he throws it to uh, to Rev. Yeah. What I thought Rev had like a cast on his arm though. They run. I think they run the ball. Oh, I, I guess I don't remember. I just remember them running down the sideline. Yeah. Man, what a movie! It's a great movie. I love uh, not great football scenes. I love that we just like scripted our own. New movie just Chandler on, with Chandler Pulvermacher. He's Meanie from The Waterboy. <laughs> Who's 50. There's there's a couple names on Iowa State's roster that I think, like even Marcel Spears. Marcel Spears sounds like a... Uh, like Connor Asali. Yeah, well, okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> My last name means boner. So I'm just putting that out there as I feel like I have the capacity to make fun of last names. Right. It's like they put their some of those names into like name generators. Matt Leo, like a movie name generator. So Bruce, I, just, I Bruce wanna, Hall is a quality name too. Yeah, Brees Hall is a quality name. That's a quality name. Uh, there's some some in the defensive backfield. Derek Schweiger, that's an offensive lineman. Yeah, that's definitely an offensive lineman. Any super German name has to be an offensive lineman. Schweiger, Pulvermacher, those guys have to be up. Seenbuckner, those guys are in the box. Michigan has like a. Uh, German guy that I think is a defensive lineman. All right. I think that we should probably end this podcast. I don't know what you're talking about. All right. We'll uh, talk to you guys again soon. Thanks, Jeff, for your astute analysis. Dumps like a truck. Truck, truck. Thighs like what? 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 Goodbye. <laughs>